gosh, it feels good to start episode 110 of the SoCo Show. If you tuned in last week, you know that uh, due to my victory in the new release exam, I am once again the co-host, Cody Michael, and I am staring with with love and in, straight into the eyes of the Soho. I'm Seth looking I, away. <laughs> he doesn't want to make eye contact with me, but for the first time in a long time, uh, we are in the same room. We're in uh, Soco Studios West out here in mm-hmm. Bend, Oregon. Uh, Seth's out here for a visit, and mm-hmm. we're able to do the show in person for the first time in a long time. So it's exciting to have you out here. Um, are you enjoying Oregon so far? You've been here for a few days. Yeah, I mean, it could could have less Cody in it, but. You know, it's it's still fun nonetheless. Yeah, well, you give and take. You know, every rose and, you know, it's thorns. <laughs> exactly. Home sweet home. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we've had a blast. Uh, had a huge group of dudes out here over the past weekend. Did we some... know them. We know the dudes. It's not... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> i not, took Seth to one of my favorite nightclubs yeah and say it's it's not uh it's not something cody ordered special for me while i was here it's we know the people well it was your birthday yeah it's true last week. it's true and uh i guess we, we neglected to mention it on the yeah. on the show last week uh yeah. so everyone i hope you'll join me in wishing seth a belated 28th birthday uh august 30th was the big day so hit him up on the tweets and and uh give him your well wishes if you're a, a corner cutie i'm sure he'd still <laughs> like to hear from you even though it's a week late uh, not a good sounder in there for my birthday. Uh, do we have a birthday sounder? Hmm. Let me think. The uh, yeah, know. that's what I figured. <laughs> what would you uh, What would you want for your birthday? Maybe uh, you get a fucking cookie and a star. <laughs> that would be a good one. Oh, here here's another one. Oh 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 yeah. Oh 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 <laughs> birthday. See, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, well, for Seth's belated birthday, actually, you know what? Hold on a second. Cody is running around. I don't know what's going on right now. Um, he could have just left. He didn't have any pants on, but that happened beforehand anyway. So, um, yeah, it's the solo show again. I'm here by myself once again. The solo show. We are going to talk about. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I know what it's the solo show. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay, I'm back. And that probably took longer than you think because of editing. (laughs) And I know you were trying to usurp my fucking show again. I don't like that. Uh, I forgot about this until just now. I got you birthday presents. Oh, okay. And I'm going to give them to you right fucking now. Um, There are two presents. I'm a little out of breath because I just ran. (laughs) The first present is uh, something that I know you'll like. It is a 4K Blu-ray yeah. of the best movie of 2018, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. That is all yours. Full disclosure, I bought it so that I could have the digital yeah. copy. Um, but I was going to get... say, that one I saw sitting by your TV. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that wasn't so much a gift as I bought it two months ago and thought yeah. I'd just give it to you when you got here. Second thing, though, I do have another another gift here for you. Uh, this is, uh, some, of our, some of our friends will remember this coming out last year. Uh, this is a PlayStation Classic Mini. What? Uh, with, uh, it's a tiny version of the PS1, and it's got 20 games downloaded onto it. Um, and these things did not sell well, <laughs> as you know, because uh, they are wildly mediocre, uh, specifically the game selection. Uh, I got it for $20 nice. on Best Buy, so this is all yours. Well, thank um, you. Games uh, that are on there include some of my favorites. Uh, cool Borders 2. 
<laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Oh, okay. Just fucking Grand, regular playing? ass Grand Theft yeah. Auto. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, the okay. first one. Okay. Um, let's see. Resident Evil, director's Ooh, cut. That's a good one. That's a classic. Rayman, one Ooh. of my favorites. Uh, the first Rainbow Six is on here. Intelligent Cube is a game that I really oh, like. Oh, I was going to say, you probably bought it just for that. I Actually, I've played it. That's the game I've played the most. <laughs> Uh, so there's some good shit on here. They're pretty fun, um, and it's cool. It's weird. I'll tell you this. I'll warn you. Not having joysticks fucks with you. <laughs> yeah. The first the first thing I played was uh, was Tekken, which is also on there, and I kept going for the joysticks and just missing with my <laughs> thumbs on the controller. So uh, that's yours. Happy birthday, oh, buddy. Oh, thank you, man. And, Appreciate uh, that. I hope I hope you like it more than America in general did <laughs> when it came out. PlayStation was like, that. oh, there's, SNES was pretty cool. People <laughs> yeah. bought that. Let's do our own. Yep. Nah. Turns out the PS1 library doesn't have, you know, the best exclusives. They had, because they had like Crash and Spyro, but those weren't necessarily PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I, you'll... I've thought about pulling the trigger on one in the past, but I just haven't done it yet. So that's that's, that's always, I that's what I that. like for birthdays is the shit I would never buy myself. <laughs> I'll tell you that it's, it's cool. The way this thing works, I don't know why I'm doing a commercial for the listeners for this fucking thing. Yeah. But um, if you press the the disc button mm-hmm. to open up the tray, the tray doesn't open, but it takes you to the menu of games. Oh, cool. So it lets you switch games even though you don't have to switch with the disc. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of cool. That's pretty neat. And the thing is tiny. Like you can hold it in your yeah, fucking Yeah, I saw hand. yours out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, for, at first I thought it was the old one you had because you had a PS4 with a bunch of burned discs for oh, a long yeah. time. But uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, I got, uh, I bought three of them. <laughs> so I'm, I now own stock in PlayStation. <laughs> Uh, I got one for myself, one for my girlfriend, and one for you. Hmm. So well, now we all have them. For both your girlfriends, you mean? Well, <laughs> to, to our wives and girlfriends, may they never meet. <laughs> so that was an impromptu open to the show. Uh, so again, make sure you hit Seth up on the tweets with your belated birthday messages to him. And uh, I also have a second thing. that uh, Say, I, You said before the show you had something. I didn't know if that was it. But. It was not. I forgot. <laughs> so I have a second thing for the show. Um, and I'm going to pull this up here. This is a, a story with a video. Uh-oh. And uh, I'm going to try to show this to Seth here. Let's see. The picture looks great. So what you're seeing here is an Instagram story. Okay. This is someone at Burning Man. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the first picture I'll narrate for the audience uh, is a, uh, it's a sign that says, uh, what is this guy's name? Flume. This is a popular DJ named Flume. Okay. There's a sign in the audience that says, does Flume even eat ass? <laughs> is the question. Here's the here's the Instagram story. Here's what comes up next. There's no sound. Nope, there's not supposed to be. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was Flume actually eating ass, you guys. Uh, and it's, it's NSFW. I would not click the link in the description box if you are <laughs> okay. at your job or near some kids. Um... But uh, we have an explicit tag on this podcast, so if you want to see a guy eat some butt, it's not terribly graphic. <laughs> just looks like he's getting the stink face from his yeah. naked girl. Yeah. Um, but that is a dude eating ass on stage at Burning Man, and surprisingly, and also not surprisingly, huge news. <laughs> People at Burning Man are super divided about it because it's like very sex positive, which is cool. Uh-huh. But also, you're not supposed to record and share things from Burning Man. It's really uh, cool. Okay. So there's a little bit of a Burning Man dispute going Uh-oh. on. Oh. What are your thoughts? Do you do you eat ass on camera? Uh, um, not since my last Burning Man uh, in the porta potty, but uh, <laughs> we did it in the porta potty, so they weren't all mad about it. But. Yeah, 
That's yeah. why uh, that's why Seth doesn't go to Burning Man anymore. That's true. I got kicked out. <laughs> if you want to see that video, I don't know why you would. I wanted to out of morbid curiosity. So I searched <laughs> for it and found it. There's a link to it in the description box if you want to see it. Was the search flume ass eaten? Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Nice. Yeah. It is ass eaten season in the desert. <laughs> so uh, if you want to see that, check it out. Uh, enough about eating butt. We got to talk about some entertainment news and reviews this this week. Um, we have a few things. Not a may not be a super long show, but you know how we do. Uh, we'll probably find a way to stretch it out. Uh, Going to talk about some Saturday Night Live news, some stand up comedy stuff, and a couple movie reviews. And I did not miss the boat this week. Uh, I caught a movie, so we'll get to a review of that uh, a little bit later on. But first, we got to start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Uh, the Iron Sheik this week, he, he he's actually hasn't tweeted in quite a while. It's getting a little concerning. I so if he's okay. Someone reach out to him uh, at, at at the underscore Iron Sheik on Twitter. Just make sure he's okay. He's doing all right. If, if you're lucky enough, he'll respond with a go fuck yourself. <laughs> but uh, clearly, Iron Sheik is probably, he was probably at Burning Man and just couldn't use his phone. And maybe he saw the videos beforehand and, and was upset about what was going on because the last tweet Iron Sheik uh, tweeted was this weekend please go fuck yourself so <laughs> so maybe he was just a little upset about all the videos being taken at burning man and he wanted to follow the rules so he's been gone so you know maybe he'll be back soon i yeah make sure we get some tweets out to uh, at the underscore iron chic and uh let him know to quit being a jabroni because we need those <laughs> tweets badly our ratings are gonna fucking plummet if we don't That's get true. some fresh gotta tweets. go back to gary Busey then if we don't yeah we can't have that yeah that's uh well, maybe we could. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, make sure you tweet at the sheet. Give him some well wishes. Uh, while you're there, tweet at Seth for his birthday. So you got all kinds of Twitter stuff to do this week. I call you a punk. All right. Let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. There, he's jumping the gun now. No, oh, wait. There's no delay this week. No phone delay. <laughs> Let me finish, though. <laughs> Mathis Designs. Uh, you can find our friend Steph Mathis on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid. There you go. And oh, you're of course, getting ready for this one. I, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look in the opposite direction of Seth <laughs> when we shout out Mike's Wood, which can be found at Etsy.com/shop/cornfed/and/wed to get your wood worked. <clears throat> wow, it is so much worse live. <laughs> you're just like you're, you're like Fetty Wap. <laughs> Say what's up. Hello. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, that's it for the sponsors. Uh, we got to move on. And uh, we got a couple of things to talk about in TV. Uh, maybe not super traditional episodic TV stuff, but uh, some TV talk nonetheless. Here we go. That's what she said. TV. Seth, I want to start uh, by talking about Dave Chappelle. And we talked about him Shuffle. last week. And he... What? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> Just being weird. You uh, see, you don't... You, I, I, I do these weird things when I'm by myself recording. You just don't hear them because <laughs> it's over oh, Skype. You're just sticking jabs in <laughs> quietly while I'm talking the whole time. Uh, Dave Chappelle put his uh, new special Sticks and Stones out last week, and we plugged it on the show. It hadn't come out yet when we recorded, so I was just like, hey, everybody go check this out. Well, uh, America did go check it out. 
mm-hmm. and a lot of America is pretty pissed. <laughs> and the other part of America is really stoked. Dave yeah. Chappelle has become this strangely polarizing, and I think he's always kind of been that way, mm-hmm. but I've never known it to be this extreme. There are people really, really stoked about this and really, really pissed. And mm-hmm. I, a lot of it is because of some PC and not PC things that he said. Mm-hmm. Um, you have specifically some like really pro free speech. Uh, a lot of like right wing groups have come out in support of this. Um, and a lot of the more the liberal PC side is a little bit angry because he talks pretty flippantly about um, you know, some, uh, some LGBT groups, some disabled people and things like that, uh, traditionally known as punching down in mm-hmm. comedy at, at certain groups. And this is a conversation we've been having for a long, long time about whether or not comedians should be able to do shit like that. Um, and I want to talk about this a little bit. Let's start here. You and I watched this special the other day and I'm interested to hear just your general thoughts away from all the drama. Just what did you think of the special? Did you like it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, I thought definitely thought it was funny. I mean, there the point of him doing this was to call out all these different types of types of groups kind of on stuff that their their extreme parts of it, the, the 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 a lot of the how a lot of people look at as negative. But and and obviously when you do that, some of that stuff's going to land really well, some of it's not. It's going to be offensive, some of it's going to be well thought out. I mean, I think all of it was well thought out to be honest, mm-hmm. but I think some of it's just not going to land and I think that's the nature of comedy. Um, I think he has, this has been something that I've heard on other podcasts and things, but as a comic, I think you have a right. If you get up there on that stage, you have a right to say those things. If you have the time to do it, you have a right to say those things and say what you want. As long as you're not trying to just outright be a dickhead. Mm -hmm. Dave Chappelle was up there trying to make a point, trying to give his thoughts, trying to give his opinions. Those opinions might not be shared by everyone, but he has a right to say them. And I don't think he said anything too overly like, or did anything too overly like, blatantly mean or malicious. I don't think he was even trying to be mean or malicious. I, th- I just think he was, some things were offensive. Yeah. I mean, but that's what he was going for. And he had a reason. Every time he did something offensive, he had a reason for to, mm-hmm. for, to do it. And it was funny. I thought, I thought a lot, a lot of the stuff he did was funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you met, you mentioned with the critics and stuff, it actually has a 17% Rotten Tomatoes, but a 90% audience score. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, a lot of people do like it. Actually. It's just, you know, a, a matter of, the public perception too. So yeah, I think you get the super vocal minority that makes these mm-hmm. things seem potentially more you know exciting and polarizing than they are. Mm-hmm. I have to agree with you on this one. I, I think that it's a very funny special. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorites that I've watched in a while because it's it's funny. And mm-hmm. I think that I I'm often really on the fence about how PC a comic should be because mm-hmm. I think sometimes in comedy being really offensive for its own sake mm-hmm. is cheap and lazy. Yep. I don't think that's what Chappelle's doing here. Um, in general, though, I think if if people are laughing, then it's okay. Like, you know when you've crossed the line mm-hmm. because people don't laugh. Yep. And I thought this was all very funny. Now, you and I are not part of the groups that <laughs> might be upset by this. Right. You know, um, so I would, I would have to defer to other people to give their thoughts on some of that stuff. But uh, I thought this was really funny. And I... It seemed to me like he was not out of pocket here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said some things that sure were were a little blue. I wouldn't repeat at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also comedy. Like when I'm on stage, I say shit I wouldn't say at work. Right. Um, and this to me seemed all right. Now, uh, this is Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. If 
I went and said some of this stuff at my open mic, I don't think exactly. I would get the same amount of leeway. Exactly. So he's earned the right to say some of this shit. Well, I, I should say the right in air quotes to say some of this stuff. The ab- we, we know that he's a comic. Yeah. And a well-established The ability. One. He has the ability to do it. He has the ability to do it. Maybe not the right, fun. but he has the ability to go on stage and go up there and have some people think that's funny and, and well thought out and others to not. Because if, like you said, if you went out there and did it, people don't know who you are. I mean, people around here do, but like if you went out and did a Netflix special just on that stuff, people would be like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like why is he saying racist things? It's Dave Chappelle. He has a history of playing, even being on both sides mm-hmm. of the argument. He has a history of this. So that's why he has the ability to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, he, <laughs> I don't know. And the thing with Chappelle, too, is he understands and he even says at some points in his special, he's like, this might piss you off, but like, I'm just up here trying to make you laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think as long as that's truly the the goal, mm-hmm. then there's more leeway. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going up there trying to say, hey, let's beat up all the gays and you're not being funny. Yeah. Then it's like, are you actually, are you serious <laughs> about this? Is this what you really think? Because yeah. I think a lot of people forget that it's a character that goes on stage mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily what he actually thinks it might be informed by what he thinks Mm -hmm. but it's not literally what he thinks most of the time i'm interested to hear your thoughts so he does uh he talks a little bit about michael jackson yeah and we talked on this show about the leaving neverland special on hbo and you had some pretty strong thoughts on that show about the michael jackson uh you know allegations and situation and dave Chappelle kind of does he Not cracks kinda. a lot of jokes, yeah, pretty does. flippantly talks about it, yeah. uh, explicitly says he doesn't believe most of this shit, which yeah. is an unpopular opinion yeah. that you disagreed with. Did What yeah. did you think in that portion? I still thought it was funny, yeah. like what he was saying, because he even makes jokes about like, some of the jokes he kind of makes are like, if you were a kid and Michael Jackson was doing certain things, would but he says it in a funny way, like, would you, wouldn't you be stoked about it or whatever he says, mm-hmm. you know, like, and... Again, I, I think a lot of that stuff is, A, how does it present it? And he obviously present like, he even said, yeah, I don't believe him. But he also made jokes about it that make, that relieve some of that tension there. Mm-hmm. I, again, I don't think any of it was malicious. And, yeah, some of those people might hear it and be like, he's a dickhead. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think that that's, that's comedy. And I think that's those 10% of people who are clearly going to be super angry about it, maybe even more, 20, 25, 30%. It's not a joke for them. The other people can kind of have an open mind to it too. The other thing too here with, with, with that is that with, I guess with him in terms of beliefs, like I don't, I don't agree with him, but at the same time, I, I can there's there's facts on either sides, and mm-hmm. I can see where you're coming from. I obviously think Michael Jackson shouldn't be talked about, but I also don't think that Chappelle doesn't have the right to not joke about him. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's an interesting thing because you're talking, you know, you. I mean, it's just like you said, you disagree with what he says, mm-hmm. but. And this is an important distinction. You understand that he has a right to his own opinion and right. to voice that opinion on stage. Right, right, right. Where we get too shitty and where the where the where being on the PC side of things becomes an issue is when we get so PC that we try to take away his right to say that shit. Mm-hmm. That I think is the important thing about this whole debate is, you know, sure he's saying shitty things, mm-hmm. and we have a right as people to not pay him to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get behavior to change. But as long as people are, are reinforcing it with money and, mm-hmm. and all that, and he's getting talked about, and this is all free press, he's going to keep doing it, and we're allowing him to. And I think that's okay. Yeah. 
And it's funny because Aziz had a special come out like a month or two ago, and he touches on these things. Mm -hmm. Now, he has a little less leeway because of where he's at, Mm -hmm. but he still kind of made jokes about some of this stuff, too. And and I think that – I do think that's important, too, because it is – all of this is a very deep and has a lot of levity to it. But you need to be able to break some of that when talking about this. I – I think with with comedy, it's hand in hand with tragedy and sad stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, as long as that comedy isn't directed to support that tragedy, then then I think it's needed. I think you have to have it. You can't continuously be sad about nine eleven forever. You can't continuously like you have to move on from it. I think mm-hmm. comedy is a way to move on, and so it's a way to make fun of that situation and try and not have such a negative thought about it. You know, when you, when you have negative thoughts about certain things, you never want to go back to it. So to try and break some of that negative thought and look, be able to look back on it one day and be like, oh, that, you know, in retrospect, that is kind of funny in certain things. I had, I had a house fire when I was a kid. At the time of that, I was fucking devastated. All my shit was gone. But when I look back, I look back on some funny memories, like the fireman slipping on, in 10 feet, five feet of snow trying to, <laughs> trying to, you know, burn it, uh, trying to put the fire out because me and my dad laughed at it. You know, like you need that stuff. Now, obviously certain things are going to be way too serious. Like 9-11, you probably can't tell a 9-11 joke to someone who was in 9-11, mm-hmm. but you still need to be able to find something to joke about. And I think that's what's important about co- uh, comedic, uh, co- comedians, Jesus Christ, <laughs> um, TV shows, movies, all that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you need that. Well, we're seeing more and more of it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, gone are the days of, I mean, dare I say it, like Seinfeld. He's just saying mm-hmm. goofy shit that doesn't really matter or mean anything, and it's pretty shallow. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say Jerry Seinfeld's not fucking great. Yeah. Um, but you see a lot of these comics who come out, and every every idiot and their brother can come out and make a fart joke and make you giggle. Mm-hmm. But more and more we're seeing, and even like BoJack Horseman, which is mm-hmm. a comedy but takes things seriously. We saw the Aziz special. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's new thing has more levity is the perfect way to put it. You said the word levity a second ago. Mm-hmm. And it seems either I'm just noticing it now or it's been a big shift. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to talk seriously in the middle of a comedy special now. Yeah for it to really grasp onto certain viewers. Some people yeah. still want to just listen to Larry the Cable Guy talk about his farts. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But I think you and I, like, <laughs> we're, we're gravitating more toward the serious, thoughtful comic than, than right. before. Right. Yeah, that's an interesting... I love talking stand-up, man. Uh, I would do it every week, and I'm glad that Dave Chappelle gave us a chance to do that. <laughs> let us know, though. I know this is a hot-button thing, and people, some people might disagree with our thoughts on this, so let us know on the tweets or on Facebook at Soka Show Pod. Uh, what you think of the special, if you've seen it, uh, we know wh- where, where are the lines that a comedian shouldn't cross. Um, and, um, and, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, for now though, let's move on to, uh, something st- stand up comedy adjacent. A lot of stand up comics, uh, make their way through Saturday night live. And, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Saturday night live in just a second, but we did get the news this last week of the hosts for this fall. Mm-hmm. Do you have that list in front of you? Yeah. So the SNL, uh, host list, and this is just, just what's been announced so far. Like it's not even, I don't think it's, I don't think it's every one of them. Cause there has to be more than five shows before the break, but, uh, it's just five so far. And they don't have all the musical guests either, so I won't even talk about those. But um, September 28th is Woody Harrelson. Uh, October 5th is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Do you know who that is? 
Um, I'll give her a quick Google. I'm sure I do. That is Taylor Swift as the musical guest, so I figured I'd say that since she, you know, is like the hottest thing around right now. Oh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is on Fleabag. She keeps getting oh, nominated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, you haven't watched that show? I watched uh, an episode of it. It was good. I, I liked it. it's awesome. She's funny. Uh, October 12th is David Harbour. November 2nd is Kristen Stewart. And then the 21st is Edward Murphy. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> <laughs> the big news, obviously, Eddie Murphy uh, returning to SNL. He hasn't hosted in fucking I don't know how long. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's had a kind of a contentious thing with SNL. Eddie Murphy uh, potentially sort of uh, mounting a bit of a comeback here. We already know he's releasing a movie on Netflix this fall. I'm assuming that's why he's on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And there's talk of him doing more stand-up mm-hmm. for Netflix as a part of the same deal. Um, this is an interesting thing for you and I, Seth, because we didn't know Eddie Murphy the stand-up when mm-hmm. we were growing up. We we knew him first as Dr. Doolittle <laughs> and, you know, the clumps. And Donkey. And the donkey from Shrek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gone back and seen donkey. a little bit of his stand-up. Have you ever, have you watched much of his stand-up from the age? Just clips. Just clips. I know Raw's a big one. Like, that's the, the quintessential stand-up you need to watch, apparently, is Raw. Mm-hmm. I've seen clips, but... He, uh... We talk about PC and Chappelle. Yeah, yeah. Eddie Murphy was right in that same vein. Yeah. It'd be really interesting. I'm, I'm really hoping he does come back and do stand-up because he might have a little more of that, of that levity and a little more thoughtfulness, especially yeah. after so long. Yeah. Um... But uh, at, at the very least, seeing him on Saturday Night Live is going to be fucking exciting. That's yeah. that's probably the one I'm most stoked for. Yeah, I remember when we watched The 40 and he came out and just kind of stood there, basically. Mm-hmm. He didn't really do anything. And uh, it'll be cool because I, I really liked him on Comedians in Cars. He seemed like he had has had a lot of thought about what he's been doing. And it seems like he has something to say again. So we'll see. That's pretty dope. Uh, looking around at the other ones, uh, David Harbour... I like David Harbour in Stranger Things, but I fucking hated him in Hellboy. Yeah. So I don't know whether or not I like that guy. He's a funny guest on like shows and podcasts, so I think he'll be fine mm-hmm. doing that. Kristen Stewart's a big one. Uh, yeah, you don't like her? No, she you seems. Don't like- I don't think she's very talented. I just think she's like I've seen her and stuff outside of Twilight, so I can't make that same like Robert Pattinson thing. But she just is the same thing in every movie. Just very down, quiet, mm-hmm. depressed. We'll see, though, like, maybe this Charlie's Angels thing is good. I don't know. <laughs> that's what maybe. She's, that's, I'm assuming that's what she's promoting during that time. That so. would be my guess, yeah. I like her. Uh, yeah. I think she's pretty cool. She hosted uh, one or two years back and had yeah. a couple really good I guess I do remember her hosting, and, it, and she wasn't bad. Yeah. But we'll see. She was big in the news. This is a total side thing. Uh, she was big in the news. She, she said uh, that uh, unknown people in hollywood told her that she should hide her gayness to uh, try to get a marvel movie oh is what they said and i don't know when that happened yeah. i just saw the headline but uh you know she she's not doing that mm-hmm. right <laughs> um i know I'm, I'm really stoked to see her uh this phoebe waller bridge it'll be a cool introduction to her i've not i've not gotten familiar with her but mm-hmm. uh saturday night live uh you and i are big fans i don't know a lot of other people that are that watch it a lot other than youtube clips yeah probably that's about it so maybe that's more news for you and I than uh, for everybody else. But uh, hmm. fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do always like looking at who's going to host, though. And mm-hmm. I, like I said, I think that has to be more. There has to be more announced here coming soon because that doesn't seem like enough. Yeah, well, they start in October. Five. Yeah, there's got to be a couple more yeah. than that, I would think. Because they take breaks, but it's normally like towards the end. Mm-hmm. Normally it's week to week. Yeah. So we'll see if we get more Saturday Night Live hosts for the fall but very excited to have that coming back summer is ending 
we've had Labor Day now, so time to get back into regular television. Seth, you ready to um, get back to your extreme fall viewing schedule? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm still behind. Uh, normally they have 21 guests, so there's mm. got to be more. Yeah. Yep, I think so. So we'll keep you posted on Saturday Night Live. We're not going to leave SNL just yet, though, uh, because we got a piece of news that is going to inspire this week's edition of Mambo Number 5. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number 5. Five. So uh, one of Seth's fa- It's This is funny because we got this news this week. Uh, Leslie Jones, who has been a popular SNL cast member for, what, five, six years? I think longer. Is it longer than that? Yeah. Uh, is leaving and will not be on this fall. It sounds like she's got some other opportunities she's going to pursue, um, which is kind of the, I mean, that's what you want as an SNL performer is to get the next thing. Right. And she's doing that. It's it's funny because we've, we have had a longstanding, you know, <laughs> relationship, so to speak, with Leslie Jones. I remember watching her years ago and thinking she was so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and she has, you. I think you would agree, gotten better. Yeah. Over the years, and I actually rather enjoyed her on last season and the last yep. couple of years. Yep. Yeah, she, I remember there was one sketch in particular where she, uh, she was opposite whoever the host was. It might have been like Josh Hutcherson or something. And she's clearly reading the cue cards, which, you know, they do. They're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And she, like, at one point stops and just looks and goes, what? <laughs> and then she, she's, like, clearly pissed and then, like, goes on reading. I'm like, whoa, that was bad. <laughs> Normally they can play it off or like whatever, but she just goes, what? Mm-hmm. I do love that about SNL though. It's, it's, it's almost ne- never, it's almost always imperfect. Yeah. And it's fun to kind of see the cracks. Mm-hmm. That's live. I mean, that's live entertainment for you. That's, that's, what's pretty fun about it. Uh, we took inspiration from Leslie Jones's departure and thought about who are some of our other favorite uh, cast members from Saturday Night Live. So we're going to count down each of our top fives and these are from all times. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you guys ahead of time, though. I am Mine is strongly uh, recent mm-hmm. because I, I didn't regularly yeah. watch the show until about 2013 or 14. Yeah. So mine is pretty recent. So there are some big names that I'm sure you guys are thinking of that are not on my list. Uh, we'll see about yours, but. Yeah. I in I was I was thinking that, too. It's going to be going to be recent, but. You know, because we did too. We did uh, sketches. We did, we did top five sketches mm-hmm. in the past, and a lot of them were really recent ones. Uh, but I think cast is a, can be a little bit more because for the way I looked at it was like a broader scale. What do they? How do they impact the show? What sketches did I really like? Whatever. So, mm-hmm. so you're thinking? I, I was thinking on these lines. I'll confirm this with you. Are you thinking on SNL? Yeah. So not necessarily yeah. what they yeah. went on to do later. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Otherwise, like Julie Louis-Dreyfus is a good example. She barely <laughs> right. did anything on SNL, but yeah. is the best fucking comedian ever yeah. now. Um, not best, but... Comedic comedic actor, I would say. Not, yeah. a, sta- uh, not a stand-up, yeah. but she's fucking awesome. Uh, she won Emmys for three different shows, Seth. That's true. That's fucking... No she's one great. She's great, but not my favorite. She's a goddess. Um, uh-huh. I would kill for her. <laughs> uh, she is not on my list of top five, though. Oh, okay. And uh, we are going to jump into it right now. Uh, we'll see if we have anything in common, but let, let's get into it with our, uh, our, 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 I guess, bottom picks, our, our number fives. Number five. Uh, my number five is, this is just based off of like, I can't point out, maybe like well, there's one sketch that I could say this person I really like recognize and really love them for. Maybe two actually, but it's not like a, it's not like a starring thing. Um, it's more of like a, a person who's been on team players, been in a ton of sketches, always super solid and has been on for the longest now. And that's Keenan, Keenan mm-hmm. Thompson. I have him at number five because he's always solid. He never breaks. 
He's always funny in what he does. He's got that. He's got the what's up with that thing, and he's got that bartender who who's always grossed out by what Kate McKinnon does <laughs> with the host. But but yeah, he's just super solid. So he's he's always, you know, when he's out there, it's gonna be something funny. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did such a good job of explaining him. I didn't kick him down the road. I, I do have him a bit higher. Oh, okay. I don't even have much to add, oh, so okay. it's pointless. But uh, I I do love Keenan a oh, lot. Okay. Uh, I have also kind of just a staple player. Yeah. In at number five, and it's Cecily Strong. Okay. I really enjoy her. She's got some serious versatility. Yeah. She plays everything from like hot 20s chick in <laughs> like the Bivolgari commercials to yeah. like moms for some reason. Yeah. And I have no fucking clue hold she is at all. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And she's just always solid. She uh-huh. never really breaks. She Her lines are always good. And she's very, very funny. And yeah. A lot of the characters, again, it, uh, she's supporting most of the time. She's not mm-hmm. usually the goof off. Um, right. But you need that. She's, uh, they're talking, I heard an interview with her that she was on lately and they made a good point saying that she, she's kind of become one of the most versatile people and she's really gotten better the last couple of years because she's gone from doing just weekend update to doing sketches all the time now. Mm. And she's, she's gotten a lot better. Um, my favorite weekend update of hers is the drunk girl you don't want to talk to at a party. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That one's funny. Um, isn't she the, uh, the, uh weird old like drugged up lady (laughs) yeah and michael che she always says yeah yeah um, michael che she's got some good see that's what's like that's what's dope she's got some good like characters yeah and then when she wants us when she needs support (laughs) she supports and that's dope yeah number four uh sorry my number four is will forte Mm. um he's he didn't have a ton of like big stuff but he was great. So he had MacGruber. That was like his biggest thing. Obviously made into a movie and all that stuff. And I loved MacGruber back in the day because it had the same premise, almost like what a superhuman does where to end really abruptly with something <laughs> stupid. But uh, he was always great because he had such weird like one-off sketches that were hilarious. So then by weird, they would go crazy places or they would just like stick to a weird premise. Uh, there's a ton of those. Um, there's him with Jason Sudeikis. He has uh, bon, or John Bovey. They're a John, uh, John Bon Jovi cover band and they sing like the lyrics really wrong and stuff he has that spelling bee one that uh, Lindsay had sent us that oh time ago oh my god yeah that one where he just like continues spelling a word like all these wrong letters and stuff um, but just such he has a ton of those weird random like side just like he totally wrote a bunch of stupid shit during that week and thought that was the one that stuck like all those those are great he's he's hilarious Forte's delivery is so great too he mm-hmm. is a weird deadpan like it, it's deadpan but like a knowing yeah deadpan that's really and <laughs> yeah. of course i mean i know you're a big fan of him on last man yeah, on earth yeah. after the fact but yep. he's uh yeah that dude's just fucking funny mm-hmm. uh number four is where had keenan and okay. a lot of what you said you know uh, he's just he's he's like a fucking glue that holds the rest of the mm-hmm. show he's gotten i think less uh prominent over uh-huh. time i think he's doing a little bit less on the show but the yeah. fact that he stays with it and i think he's now the longest running cast member mm-hmm. To ever he be on the recently. show. I think he just passed Daryl Hammond recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he's just fucking solid. Uh, one that you didn't mention, um, Steve Harvey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. he plays the haunted tree in one of our favorite sketches, the <laughs> Paul and Phil. Yeah. Uh, and he's in um, David Pumpkins. Yep. He's the uh, the fucking elevator yeah. operator. The 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 hundred floors of fright or yeah. whatever. Yeah. He, I bet if we sat down and thought about it, we could think of 25 awesome key yeah. characters on SNL. He's yep. one of those unsung heroes, but still very dope. Yep. Number three. Might be a little low for a lot of people, but I have Will Ferrell at three. Mm-hmm. 
Do you got him on your list? I don't have him. Not at all. Um, I know he's he's super iconic. He has a ton of roles. He's almost like a Will Forte in a way, in, in that he didn't have like a ton of recurring stuff. Like he did George W. Bush and Harry Carey and stuff like that. But he uh, he would always be good in every bit part he would play. Um, you know, obviously the the more cowbell was like all him. Like that whole the whole that's the reason that sketch worked is because he was the way he was. Um, the, the cheerleader that he did that, that a bunch, the cheer, the, the Bobby Fisher, that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, he, he just had all these solid side characters that always worked. And then he, he was, he was on almost every sketch for a long time because he was like the guy on the show, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's, he's great. Will Ferrell is one of the best. Whether or not he was writing all that stuff, I don't care, mm-hmm. but he's such a good performer and yeah. continues to be. Yep. I get the sense that everyone on those writing teams was writing for him yeah, a lot of the time, more which than would likely. be so fun. Yep. It's like drawing up plays for Tom Brady. Right. Like you know he's going to fucking kick ass. <laughs> right. Um, and it kind of like a, uh, I don't know if this person will be on your list, but it would make a lot of people's lists. Uh, Chris Farley oh, yeah. is another person where it's just like, you just give him some mediocre material and he'll turn it into something awesome yep. with his delivery. So yep. uh, yeah, Farrell didn't make my list because I wasn't watching really yeah. when he was on, but uh, obviously super dope. Yeah. I have a, a, a bit of a cheat uh, at number three, and I'll tell you why. Uh, because I think these guys are the same guy. Um, and it's uh, Taron Killam and Mikey Day. Uh, because I, I, I'm i pretty sure if they overlapped, it was only like one season. Mm-hmm. And Mikey Day is now Taron Killam. And yeah. by that, I mean basic white guy number one mm-hmm. in every single sketch <laughs> is one of those two guys yeah. for the last 10 years. Yeah. And... Um, they they occasionally will have their big goof off moments, but they spend a lot of time being the straight man, and they're such good straight men, mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, and Mikey Day, I think, has more characters than Taron Killam did. Yeah, but um, I no, I don't think you don't so. Think so. I think Taron Killam had more of a had more of a presence on the show overall. Maybe maybe I'm not remembering as much of his because of the recency. Yeah. Um, but you gotta have, <laughs> as in any workplace. You got to have a strong white guy to uh, <laughs> to uh, kind of keep out, hold everything together, uh, and I think both those guys are a great example of mm-hmm. it. They they spend less time getting the punchlines in and more time reacting to everybody else, which mm-hmm. is you know obviously necessary. Yeah, I think you might even might even be remembering them from they were on Wild and Out a bunch together back in the day, mm-hmm. and then they were both they were constantly on uh, Nick Cannon's Short Circuits, which was uh, basically a sketch show. It was like a 30-minute sketch show, and they were on together all I the time. I forgot about Short Circuits. And they were on the sketch that I absolutely died at when I was in middle school. It was like a Clay Aiken fan show. And they, like, oh, God, what was it called? They had, it had, like, a name and everything like that, and, like, they would, like, kind of dress up like him. They'd wear, like, his spiky hair. Like, they'd have a wig on and stuff, and they, they'd have, like, a it was like a web show type thing, and they'd people call in. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it was fucking hysterical. They'd be like, Clay Aiken Hour! Like, shit like that. <laughs> they'd do that stuff, and they would, they'd have posters of him and everywhere and, like, sing his songs. It was weird. But, uh, yeah, they, they were funny, like, funny together. I, I had forgotten that they worked together on those other mm-hmm. projects. That may that might be why they're similar to me in my head. Probably. Uh, both fucking hilarious, though. Yeah. Uh, I like them a lot. Number two. My number two is Kristen Wiig. Mm-hmm. Uh, not on your list? Not on mine, no. Not but on your I list? totally, no, no qualms wow. with her being high. Well, my favorite one, clearly, is Dunice. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the best one. But she's also, she's got, um, oh, what's the other the oh 
I can I can picture the Target lady. I think so. No, I like the Target lady. Is that she? She always like hi. She does that like the. Oh no! I always got her confused with Dunice. Um Does Dunice have a fro? No. Okay, so you're thinking of this fro person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on one second. Gilly. Gilly. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Gilly is an amazing character, too. So, yeah, Target. I see you have, you have the Target there. Gilly is amazing, too. Um, so, yeah, Dunice and Gilly. There's a ton of other stuff she's done, too. But she's another one, too. Like, will do the weird. I guess I just like weird people. Like, the weird, funny sketches that are just so out there, but she just commits so hard. And she's always she always has the perfect reactions to things. She's always just going for it she's great she's so funny and mm. she, her, she's she's always so good in snl she was always full throttle and rarely broke mm-hmm. she did sometimes like californians i think she often did. yeah californians another one she's always on. but how you don't break doing fucking gilly or denise i <laughs> yeah. i have no idea <laughs> um my number two is um i don't think it will surprise you seth but that small sample size but high level of awesome <laughs> vanessa bayer oh god has a couple of my fucking favorite like long far ahead of everything else favorite characters don lazarus yeah and the, the <laughs> i can never remember his the, name the jacob little, jacob yeah the little jewish boy yep um and she she's another one who is often like the normal person reacting mm-hmm. she has a great sketch with um kristen stewart about mm-hmm. the totinos I don't know if I remember, remember that one, but it's uh, it's to watch that later. the two of them are there and uh, the guys are all out watching the game mm-hmm. and they want some Totinos. <laughs> and so the two women are making Totinos in the kitchen and yeah. they end up getting all sexually attracted to each other for some reason. <laughs> and it's really weird. She, so she's like the the really lame mom type person yeah. who's just goofy and yeah. like really awkward all the time. And just her, the way she like smiles and laughs always fucking gets me. It's yeah. infectious. And so, yeah, I cannot watch any Don Lazarus without pissing myself. <laughs> so that, that's primarily what's driving this. Her and her and uh, Jacob. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not one that I think a lot of people will have high, but I had to have her up. Yeah. There, there's another character I'll talk about in the honorable mentions that I thought about that, too, where I was like, they didn't weren't on much, but they were hilarious what they were doing. Number one. My number one might even be your number one, Bill Hader. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I thought when I first wrote it down, I was like, this is both our number one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously Stefan, um, I mean, that's, that's one of the best. I mean, he was featured so much, but then you also have, I think Harvey, the, the, uh, reporter guy where he's always hitting the, hitting the heads. (laughs) One of my favorite one-off sketches is where he's playing the old guy who, uh, (laughs) can only come at certain times. (laughs) With Cecily Strong. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great... And he was returning as a host then. Yep, yep. But still a great fucking... Oh, yeah. Um, he has so many, like, just, again, bit roles where he plays a background guy, and he always nails it. Um, he, he's great when he's featured. He's... He is excellent. He's so funny. He's like a reincarnation of Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. He's so, like... He's got a rubber face. Yep. Does a lot of facial yeah. shit. He's got a lot of voices. Yep. His delivery is always excellent. He commits hard. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... <laughs> Other than um, Stefan, I don't think broke a whole lot. Mm. Uh, maybe more than I'm remembering. He did break, but that's part of the funniness of it, too. Yeah. Um, and his impressions were always spot on. He always did that inside the actor's studio thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's uh, he, did always, he did so many impressions. It was amazing. He's so good at him. Yeah. Hater is fucking great. And he, he's got, he's just an interesting guy just in general. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've kept a little bit up with kind of his story long term. Mm-hmm. And he, 
like lucked his way onto SNL. Yeah. He, he didn't have like a stand up background like a lot of them do. He yeah. just kind of farted his way into it <laughs> and crushed ass for however long he was on there. But yeah, he was, he's one of those guys kind of like a Farrell or a Farley where he, when he was on screen, you're like, that guy's about to make me fucking laugh. I don't know mm-hmm. how, but he's going to. Yep. Um, I'm tr- God, there's one other sketch I wanted to mention and I can't. Oh, uh, the Californians. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. he's one of him and like maybe Fred Armisen are the best on the Californians yep. for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, mentioned honorable mentions. Nassim Pedrad is the one I was mentioning mm-hmm. there. She's, she has Heshi in that and the little kid from who's always causing trouble. Shallon. Shallon. <laughs> hey man. My favorites. <laughs> hey man. Um, and then Fred Armisen was one that I struggle mm-hmm. not putting on my list. He, uh, he, again, not a ton of major characters, but he, my favorite, one of my favorites is him and Chris and Wig on Weekend Update where they'll make up songs together. Cat and, Cat and something. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but they would make up songs. So one of them, I think usually Fred Armisen would start making up lyrics and they'd be random. Like he'd just make them up. Like mm-hmm. the dog went to the park the other day and went in the pond and she would try and be like, went to the pond. <laughs> like trying. <laughs> that shit was always funny. I feel like Armisen did a lot of writing too. Yeah. You could tell he was kind of the, the driving creative force behind some of the, some yep. of the times he was on. Uh, Horatio Sands is one I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. He's just he, always fucking dope. Um, and then obviously you have like Farley Sanders, Mark Meyer, Mike Myers, Mike Myers. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of like legends who we know after they were on SNL. Yeah. Um, but we didn't watch them really on the show. Um, God, I don't know. Is there anyone? Aidy Bryant is one of my favorites. She's funny. She's pretty good. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. That's, that would probably be the one that most modern SNL friends are like, why yeah. don't you have Kate McKinnon? Well, I also think she's, she's kind of come around on people too. And like people have been annoyed with her almost because she's been been doing a lot of the same stuff for a little while. I think my thing with her is she's so reliable that it's not attractive. It's not cool. It's like Brady. Brady wins Super Bowl. No one fucking cares. (laughs) Right. You know, that's the second time Brady reference in this SNL list of five. (laughs) I guess you can tell I'm ready for football. All right. Well, that is our list of, of Seth and my top favorite, uh, top five favorite SNL cast members. Uh, I'm sure we've missed some because there are hundreds of these motherfuckers. So uh, <laughs> let us know on Facebook or on Twitter uh, what what we left out, uh, where our orders were wrong, and um, you know all that other all that other good stuff. Uh, for now, though, we're gonna move the show right along. Uh, we're switching from TV over to movies. We're gonna start by making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! Alright, it is... I don't remember where we left off last week, so this might be a little more difficult uh, for me. Maybe you have to remind me in a second. But uh, the game here, Seth has a quote from a movie. I need to figure out uh, who said it and in what movie. So what do you got for me? Alright. Miles, I fell down. I'm old. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. Hmm. Miles, I'm old. I fell down. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. Backwards. Miles, I fell down. I'm old. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. Okay, so we got an old guy who's fallen down and wants to get drunk so he can fall down again. <laughs> hmm. Sounds like us, us this weekend at the draft. God, yeah, it does. <laughs> okay, can you tell me where we left off? Um, The movie last week was Ghostbusters. Oh, that's right. Um, okay. Do you remember who, what the quote was for? I do. Yes. Um, okay. So it was a Chris Hemsworth quote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So this is going to be one of his films. Uh, we got an old guy who's fallen down in a Chris Hemsworth movie. 
He said shit happens. So it's mm-hmm. not. I don't think it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> Miles, I fell down. I'm old. Shit happens. Get the whiskey. Miles. 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 Is this from Vacation? No. Mm. Did you like the reboot of Vacation? I don't remember. I liked it. Yeah. I the guess. uh <laughs> Skylar Gisondo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking love that guy. He's in that movie. He's great. Um God, what are some more Chris Hemsworth movies? <laughs> Is it in Cabin in the Woods? No. <laughs> um It's not in Men in Black. Mm-mm. It's a movie you've seen. We saw it together. Jesus, is it a Marvel movie? No. Um, I am blanking hard on Chris Hemsworth's filmography here. It's one of the last movies we saw together before you moved. Okay, that helps. Oh, I do know. Oh, great fucking movie. Um, great fucking movie. <laughs> yes. Um, holy shit. Uh, this is... Um, Bad Times at the El Royale. Uh-huh. It's Jeff Bridges' character. Yep. You remember yeah. his name? Uh, he pastor some... Well, I don't know if he's credited as a pastor or not. It's Father. Father... Father Daniel Flynn. Father, yeah, Daniel Flynn. Okay, so... Now I remember, because Miles is the bellboy. Yeah, yeah. Um, That movie is fucking great. Uh-huh. Every time I think about that movie, it moves up a spot on my 2018 <laughs> list. It's like in my top probably three movies of last year. <laughs> Uh, and there was a Mission Impossible movie last year. Mm-hmm. So I cannot say enough. It's, it came out last year, so we're fucking, we're doing it. And plus we got you in studio. So I want to look <laughs> right into your fucking eyes when I do this. <laughs> I, I, I'm a ticket back in time. Well, we're going, we don't need roads. That's what I like. Any chance we get to bring up Bad Times at the O'Reilly? Right <laughs> that's, that's a fucking, <laughs> that's just a great film. It is. Uh, Drew Goddard, right? Yes. Now, he also directed Cabin in the Woods, which you liked yes. recently, mm-hmm. and a couple other things. I think he's one of those sneaky, awesome guys that, like, mm-hmm. whatever he puts out next, I'm fucking going. Yeah. If you haven't seen Bad Times at the El Royale, find a way to get to that shit, because that's just that's just a good movie, man. Mm-hmm. That's just a good movie. It's a good one. That's it for Making the Quota. We'll be back with that one next week. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right, moving right along here. Uh, we've got, I guess, a little bit of news, a little bit of topic here in movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All right, so we are very excited because on the day this podcast releases... Uh, a, a film that has been one of our most highly anticipated of the year, It Chapter 2, mm. is going to be hitting theaters. Uh, we're also very excited because... At Jared Buckendall. ...is going to be joining us for a screening on Friday mm-hmm. here in Bend, Oregon. Um, you can s- listen to Jared on next week's episode of this very podcast. So make sure you come on back and um, hear us talk. Uh, we'll review It next week. But the news here, uh, it being Tuesday the 3rd, uh, Reviews were released. The review embargo has been lifted on It Chapter 2. And the reviews are are good, but not great. Mm-hmm. I think it's got an 80-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And there are some... The general consensus that I get from, this, from the reviews that I've read, and I've tried to not read too many of them, mm-hmm. 
has been, you know, this movie's good, but it's not quite what it what, what I wanted it to be. Is, is that a fair su- summary of what you're seeing too? Yeah, I've heard what I've seen and heard a lot of reviews be are that it's scary, not quite as scary. Um, that the cast doesn't work quite as well as the first one, but it's still good. And Bill Hader is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Well, we already know Bill Hader is amazing. I, and I think a couple things are at play here. Um, they did so well with it. It was really fucking great. It was a good mm-hmm. at- adaptation of the book. It was well acted, well written. It had scares. It had laughs, all that, all that happy horse shit. Uh, do you think, and we'll know this when we see it in a couple days. Do you think these reviewers that have gone so far, these critics, were... Do you think they set an unrealistic expectation for this movie? Or, you know... Well, I, yeah, I guess that's the question. Do you, do you think that their their reviews are, are true and honest? Or do you think it's a result of a high expectation for a follow-up? I... I don't know. I, I definitely expectations are high when you come out with a you know sequel to a movie that everyone loved. It's not that much different though. I just looked at Rotten Tomatoes and the original it was eighty six or not the original, but the one that came out a couple years ago was eighty six. Right now it's at seventy nine, so it's dropped a little bit. I suspect it'll probably go back up again mm-hmm. a little bit by the time we by the time this weekend comes out. I would expect it. I expect it to be still in the eighties by the time the movie's been out and everyone can see it. Um, I don't think it's really, I mean, I don't think it's that much different than the first one. I mean, if it was like, this is like 50, then that's a bigger deal. Yeah. But this is still high 70s, low 80s. I don't think it's a big deal. I think, yeah, expectations are higher. And yeah, people are going to be more disappointed. that Their emotions are heightened around it anyway. But I don't think it's a big deal. I For me going into it, I'm excited. I'm super pumped. And my expectations were going to be what they were anyway going mm-hmm. into it. So Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think that... I, I'm not going to be deterred from going to fucking it too. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, maybe this knocks down my expectation a point or two, sure. which is probably helpful yeah. because I'm expecting some great shit yeah. in this. And so this may, this may help rather than hurt mm-hmm. uh, anything. And you're right. This is a, this is a rated R movie. It's a horror movie. Uh, the scale for Rotten Tomatoes is, is shifted downward mm-hmm. uh, from, you know, where you'd see like a period drama. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I'm still very pumped to see this. I'm excited about the new cast. And as, as you were alluding to, uh, the audiences are almost certain to like this better than the critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time, that's the case. So yeah, I would expect to see this come back up too. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... We, now, we talked about reviews um, with Good Boys. And I have a love-hate relationship with, with reviewers um, and with... I don't know... Uh, anything getting talked about before the movie gets put mm-hmm. out which i i understand as i hear you guys yelling in your cars i know that's what we do on this <laughs> podcast um but i i don't put too much stock in this review I, even if, if okay so let me ask you this Seth. if this came out and they said this movie sucks it's 20 percent on rotten tomatoes mm-hmm. how would you react to something like that i i'd still be upset like i would be concerned not upset i'd be concerned but i for this one i'd still go see i'd have mm-hmm. to, i have to see um, I have to see how, well, obviously I know how it ends from the book, but I loved the first one so much that there's still things that I would like out of it. Like, I feel like even if that movie, if it did suck or still maybe still does suck, it could, you know, I could still walk out and be like, this movie sucks. Um, 
I still feel like Pennywise, they have that down. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason I loved that movie, other than the kids and they were funny and stuff, but I loved Pennywise. I thought Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise was fucking awesome. And I think he's probably going to be awesome in this from everything I've seen. So as long as he's awesome in it, honestly, I don't really care. And if Bill Hader is an added bonus to this for being awesome, great. Give me all of that. Like this, I'm excited. I can't, I can't wait for it. Yeah, you and a lot of people are stoked to see this. We're going to be catching it in IMAX in a couple of days. And, um, of course, you'll get to hear uh, at Jared Buckendall. his reaction from that one. Uh, <laughs> not a horror fan, so it'll be yeah. it'll be fun to sit, sit by him and uh, see him squirm. Although, he's diving more into it, too. He, he's reviewed a lot more horror movies. He's even seen a few I haven't. Uh, I think he saw some of like the Conjuring Annabelle ones, even, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. So I, I like it. Not... I'm all for everybody getting getting on the horror train. Yeah. As much as I like being the only guy to talk about it, I'd rather have someone to talk about it with. <laughs> so, uh, so that is exciting. We're going to go see it. Uh, I had forgotten about this, so this wasn't on a show schedule, but I want to bring it up also. Uh, reviews have also come in, uh, speaking of scary clowns, mm-hmm. for Joker. Joker. We have, uh, is it McKay? Yes. Todd McKay? No, Todd, sorry, it's Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips, Not sorry. Uh, Todd Phillips, uh, written and directed Joker. Joaquin Phoenix is starring. That's going to mm-hmm. come out, I believe. Robert De Niro, Mark Maron, all kinds of people. Fucking everybody who's yeah. funny. And uh, that's coming out, I think, early in October. Or is it October. September? I think it's October. It is October. Yeah, because yeah, we didn't have it on the exam. Mm-hmm. Um, early October for Joker. And, uh, you know, wh- where it came in a little bit nebby, the Joker came in with sparkling reviews. 100% mm-hmm. the last I checked on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's dropped to the 80s now. Is it going down yeah. a little bit? But uh, it, rave reviews. Mm-hmm. People are saying this is great filmmaking and that Joaquin Phoenix is generating some Oscar buzz, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. The last guy that played the Joker also won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no. Jared Leto played the Joker. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so for Joker, a movie that I know you are already excited to see, mm-hmm. uh, does hearing stuff like that get you get you a little bit harder to know that there's <laughs> potentially an Oscar-worthy performance here? Gross. Well, it saved me time because I don't have to go search out more Oscar movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no, uh, yeah, that that's awesome. That's exactly what I expect out of it. Apparently, got a ten minute standing ovation at the uh, festival it premiered at too, seven or ten minutes, something like that, which is was awesome. I mean, you, you don't get that very often for a lot I've of movies. I've never seen there. that for a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the people at this festival are a little bit more enthusiastic about movies. Um, but yeah, no, they, they got a standing ovation. Everyone's been raving about it. His performance is awesome, and it'd be great to see not just the Joker again at, you know, at the Oscars, but Joaquin Phoenix, uh, if he were to win an Oscar, I think he, I don't think he's won an Oscar. He's, I don't, I, he's been nominated. He's I definitely been that. nominated, but I don't think he's won. Let's check it out. This says he has not won an Oscar. Okay. That's what I that thought. That previous thing lied to me. He was nominated for supporting actor in gladiator, which he's great. at. Yeah. And um, lead in her. He did not get nominated for. Oh, her. wow. Uh, best actor in Walk the Line, where he was Johnny Cash, oh, yeah, and The yeah. Master, which is my favorite movie of his. Okay. Ma- have you seen The Master? Uh-uh. You're not. You haven't seen as much Paul Thomas Anderson as I uh-uh. have. I gotta get some of that on your list because yeah. that dude's. Ugh, I love his shit. <laughs> um, yeah. So no Oscar yet for Joaquin Phoenix. We'll see if he gets it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this early Oscar buzz. You're, you're more of a fan of it than I am, um, but it does make me very excited to see this movie. This is one I was worried about. I've been really mm-hmm. cautiously excited for, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see that the critics are enjoying it. Um, well, that latest trailer was awesome. Uh, yeah, see, I, liked, I skipped the latest one. I liked it more than the other one. It kind of gave a little bit more into him 
uh, and was a little bit more story driven. I think we got, I think we saw Thomas Wayne in this one. I, I don't think they've officially said it is or not, or maybe mm-hmm. you look at the cast list and you can, uh, you know, confirm that. But it was awesome. He, you can definitely see there's a scene where he is, and this is kind of what goes into like what what where I see him potentially winning best actor. Something like in Loose, where I was talking about where he can like flip a switch like that. He does that. Walking Phoenix does that in this movie. Where he's walking down a hallway and he's doing the Joker like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just stops and is like walking, continuing to walk. Hmm. It's like oh shit. Uh, Jared had a funny tweet about that actually, where it's like something I had something to do with work, but it made made sense <laughs> anyway. Um, work or dates or something, but anyway, um, yeah, I th- I think this would be awesome for if this is the role he won an Oscar on, that would be awesome. That'd be really cool. Well, not just for him, but for just the landscape of films, right? We mm-hmm. saw uh, Black Panther get nominated last year. That was big for superhero mm-hmm. films. Um, you know, obviously uh, Heath Ledger was big in getting mm-hmm. nominated as the Joker. Uh, if we're going to start getting superhero movies that are Oscar worthy, I'm stoked for that shit. I just don't see this really being a superhero movie, though. I feel like this is going to be way well, more of a, a character study slash like almost like a set. A, a, a mental thriller type movie as mm. opposed to anything superhero related. I don't think we'll see a frame of Batman right. in this one. Yeah, so not, not superhero. Yeah, maybe superhero movie is a bad way, but still technically a comic book movie. Uh, they've extrapolated from the books some, something to get a good movie mm-hmm. out of it. Uh, this is something that DC could do that Marvel has yet to mm-hmm. win an Oscar for acting Yeah, in there. So this could be a huge thing for DC and I think an opportunity for DC to to be different from Marvel mm-hmm. and be more critically good mm-hmm. and well made uh, than Marvel is. And yeah, if we're gonna get movies inspired by these characters that we already like that are, you know, deeply dramatic and probably very fucking upsetting, <laughs> the Joker <laughs> is gonna be. Um, I'm stoked for it. Uh-huh. I like it. Uh, I think it gets us closer to more of these rated R uh, actual movies. Mm-hmm. Rather than just a CG fest that that Marvel tends to fart out, <laughs> right? Um, we'll see. Joker still comes out about six weeks from now, so uh, we will we'll be waiting for it. But the reviews are out now, and we'll be keeping an eye on them up until the release date. Uh, let us know on Facebook and Twitter what your thoughts are on reviews. Uh, you know, how much stock do you put in reviews before you've seen a movie, and what are your thresholds for Rotten Tomatoes before you'll you'll decide you don't want to go see something that you had already planned on. Uh, let us know at Soko Show Pod in both locations. For now, though, we're going to keep moving along. We're going to talk about a movie from 2018 this week in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're going to need a bigger boat. So I missed the Missed the Boat last week uh, <laughs> by forgetting entirely to watch a movie from my list, uh, but I have righted that wrong. And I watched a film last night that I was already excited to see, and then you put it on my list. So I was pretty revved up about it. Uh, this is 2018's Blind Spotting, and this has David Diggs, who is really popular from being on the original cast of Hamilton. Uh, something I'll come back to in just a second, and more recently uh, as a bit character on Blackish. And I think he's he's got more projects kind of in the works. So you'll start seeing more of him if you haven't seen David Diggs yet. Um, Blind Spotting is something that Seth reviewed at the end of last year, but I'll give you the the kind of high level uh, plot. Uh, he's a character whose name is Colin Mm -hmm. and he lives in Oakland, California. Yep. And it's a changing Oakland. It's set in current time. So you're starting to see a little bit of gentrification work into Oakland. 
And so a lot of different kind of people are in this one area. Uh, he is on per, um, probation mm-hmm. after having gotten out of prison. You find out why over the course of the movie. Um, and he is nearing the end of his probation. So he's really trying to stay cool, stay out of trouble. But he's got this buddy. Uh, so David Diggs is Colin is black. He's got a buddy who's white. But um, I never want to say he acts black because I think that's fucking reductive and shitty. Yeah. But he acts more stereotypically black than, you know, than other people tend mm-hmm. to. He's He grew up in Oakland. He is tatted. He's got fucking grills in his mouth. Um, he's a little more hardcore. Uh, he's not in a gang, but he, if I said he, he tries to appear gangster, I guess is, is more of an <laughs> apt way to put it. But yeah. he, um, the two of them are best friends and they're kind of palling around and it's just about their life for a couple days and what goes on. And I think that, uh, I wouldn't say too much more about the plot because it, t- it would give stuff away, but it, it is kind of, um, it felt to me kind of vignette mm. where there, there are a bunch of scenes that don't necessarily connect into one narrative mm-hmm. until you really zoom out from them. Um, and it kind of reminds me of like a do the right thing in that way where it's like, here's a self-contained scene in which there is a lesson. Now we'll go to another one mm-hmm. and they do connect, but not in a way that's super obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, you know, Colin running through all the scenes. Um, I loved this movie. I thought that had a lot to say and it was subtle for the most part. It didn't browbeat with its messages, Mm -hmm. its messages. The overall message of this, I would say is like, it's twofold. One is you can't assume anything about a person based on, you know, how they look or where they're from or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And two, uh, you don't know that other person's experience and there's no way for you really to know that other person's experience. Mm -hmm. You can, you can talk to them, you can try to empathize, but there's no, you don't know what it's like to be another person. Mm -hmm. And that goes multiple ways. Mm -hmm. There is obviously with the black man character, you expect to go into, into something like that being like, Oh, the black experience is tougher than you imagine. But the white character in here has a lot of the same struggles. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting. And I did not see that coming. Um, this is one of those black homework movies, I think. It is, uh, it's one that white folks are going to enjoy too. You liked it a lot last <laughs> right, year and right. there's a lot of good messaging to be received. But it doesn't, I think you would agree with this, it doesn't go so far as to make you feel guilty for being a white person. <laughs> right, Some right. movies do that. Yeah. You know, uh, this doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's relatively uh, contained. What's, what's really cool is what they do stylistically in this movie. Some of the transitions are very cool. Some of the camera angles are very cool. And there's a plot device that they use or more of a storytelling device that they use where uh, they like to rap. Mm -hmm. The two main characters like to rap just about just bullshit while they're working. And some of those raps become more in depth than just what they're doing. And more important, the climax of this movie happens in a rap and it is riveting. Mm -hmm. It is some of the best three or so minutes of Mm -hmm. movie I've seen in a long, long time. (laughs) I was, it like got, it set a hook in my fucking soul and pulled at it <laughs> for that entire time. There's some of the best, maybe the best scene I saw last year that didn't have Tom Cruise in it. Um, the blind spotting is great. It's a tight, like 95 minutes. So it's not going to take you all fucking mm-hmm. day to watch it. Um, it. It's weirdly not like available to rent. I, I bought it to watch it. Really? Yeah, it was weird. I, I rented it last year. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I just didn't look in the right places, but I bought it off of Google play. Um, and I'm sure it's out, you know, you can go get it 
you can buy it if you want, mm-hmm. or you can, um, maybe you can rent it. Maybe I just got unlucky, but blind spotting is fucking dope. David Diggs is a revelation, not just in this movie, but in everything I've seen him in. Um, he's going to be a huge star. You're going to start seeing more of his shit for sure. Um, I think this was a movie that was more, it was more accessible than like, sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. And a little less accessible than like the hate you give. Yeah. I, it's somewhere, it, it's got some of the same messaging. It's obviously very black focused and it's somewhere in the middle of those two movies in terms of how seriously it takes itself and how deep it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it. I think I've talked enough about it. It's dope. I give it a high recommend and uh, everyone should go watch it. So uh, I have, I have now watched blind spotting and checked it off my list, which is now down to four movies. So Seth, I need you to, uh, I need you to provide a fifth to complete my, uh, my options here. Hmm. I don't know. There's so many options. You got any more Black Homer for me? I could. It's more recent. It's not like in my top ten or anything, but I liked it. And I'd like to see how you Black Blind Spotting technically wasn't my top ten either, but I loved it. Um If we did our top ten again from eighteen, mm-hmm. I think Blind Spotting would squeak in. Would that mm-hmm. would uh would Beale Street have or no? Uh man, I like Beale Street a lot. I like Blind Spotting better. Yeah, I mm-hmm. did too. Um Maybe I'll, it's on. It's on. It just got on VOD. So maybe I'll go. I'll add uh, the last black man in San Francisco. Ah, yes. So I very nearly went to this a few yeah. weeks back, and then I missed it. It was a blink, and you mm. missed it in my yeah. art house theater, and I didn't catch it. Yeah. But it's on VOD now. I can rent it. It's on V. I believe so. Let me double check that. But I think that that would be like the same the, that and blind spotting are in the same where it's vignette e mm-hmm. kind of very slice of life memory i think even the filmmaker mentioned it's like a memory it's it basically the movie is meant to be a, a series of memories type of thing but uh let me double check i will say i want to say this about blind spotting before i leave it um his the female lead in that movie you can rent it if you if you've seen the league um shiva yeah. In the league is yeah. is the female main character, and she is awesome. She's great. She does very. She does, she's not on screen for a lot of time, but she gives some of the most important monologues and speeches in this movie. Um, she she describes the term blind spotting mm-hmm. in a, in a scene, and it is like if you could watch just a li- other than the the big climactic part of this movie, mm-hmm. if you could watch one scene, that's the scene I would show people. Yeah, because it has the most to say that no one's heard yet. Yeah. When it talks about racial, like that was some quantum shit that she was mm-hmm. dropping and she's great in it. And it's a very, it's a, subtle, the whole movie is pretty subtle. Mm-hmm. Like there, people get excited about things, but it's not wacky. Ever. Yeah. Um, it's quietly just awesome. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a movie that in five years, more people will catch on to and it'll be yeah. one of those classics yep. that people think about. Definitely a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's blind spotting. Uh, we'll see if last black man in San Francisco has a similar vibe to it. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, I'm even more excited that Seth is watching all these Negro movies without me so that he can can go tell me which ones I need to go see. Uh, We talked briefly about The Hate You Give last year. Uh You and I both reviewed that super positively. If you haven't caught that one, again, a highly recommended movie, almost required viewing. Mm -hmm. Um, If you, you know, if you're interested in race relations specifically, that one's got a lot of good stuff to say and I think handles it Mm -hmm. uh, responsibly. Yep. So let's uh, let's move on. We just added uh, the last black man in San Francisco. You just made the list. So I have two weeks to watch Toy Story three. Call me by your name. Wally first reformed or the last black man in San Francisco. 
pretty great stack of five films. Uh, excited to watch any of those. Next week, um, we will have Seth watching something from his list. What do you have right now? So I have uh, Silence of the Lambs, Nightcrawler, Equilibrium, Steve Jobs, and Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Those are fucking bangers, man. And one of the, and whatever I choose to watch will have to be something Jared hasn't watched. At I think, Jared Buckendall. I think Jared's going to be joining for I next like week's uh, We Missed the Boat. This is going to be sweet. Um, watch it. He's probably seen all these, so he'll just watch along with me. But he pro- I, would, I would bet if there's one he hasn't seen, it's Equilibrium. Yeah. But he's not a horror fan, so he might not have seen Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. So... Oh, man. I want you to watch that. Um, We'll see uh, what Seth and Jared choose uh, for next week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. Let's move on to a 2019 movie that Seth just watched. Uh, Very excited to hear about this one. Kind of flying under the radar. Not a big wide release, uh, but you just caught it on video on demand. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I haven't even hit the sounder. Let's get into reviews. Mom... What do you think? I love it. I hated it. So Seth, a movie written and directed by an actor that you seem to have enjoyed, uh, but I don't personally like. <laughs> so maybe you can sell me on this guy and his new film. Uh, yeah, Casey Affleck. Um, do you not like him just because of the stuff, or do you not like him because is an actor? The stuff didn't help, uh, but he's just not really impressed me. I saw him in Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, I that's not, pretty I, much it, though. I just thought it was fine. Yeah, you know, and then. Uh, I, I never watched Manchester. Manchester would probably change your opinion of him as an actor, at least. Yeah, uh, he's he's awesome in that, and he he was deserved of the, the Oscar. Is that he year. in the town? Yes, just I think brief. Eh, no, he's in it a decent amount. I think. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I've probably seen him more than I. Realized. He's also in Goodwill Hunting for a short period. Like he's been in some smaller, like in smaller roles and stuff, yeah. but recently getting lead stuff. But uh, this one is called Light of My Life. So, like you said, he wrote and directed this one. This one has an interesting premise. I was kind of going back and forth because there's a few uh, indie movies that I was choosing between. But this one, it caught my my eye because of the premise. Basically, what this one is, women in this world, in this that that Casey Affleck wrote, apparently, um, women in this world have are, are caught a disease of some kind. Uh, has a rash, and then basically they they die pretty quickly after they contract this disease and so the population of women in the earth is like pretty much gone and before his wife died who's played by elizabeth moss just briefly in the movie but um who's played by elizabeth moss their daughter is born baby age like really small but the baby the daughter doesn't have this disease she's immune there's one of the few people that's immune so we pick up which I'm seeing, I'm assuming she's like 10, 11, 12, that age. I don't think they ever say, but she still kind of looks like a boy. They have her hair cut short and she has like the voice of a young boy would. If you think of stra- uh, like Stranger Things when like Finn Wolfhard is the first season, like that type of high pitched voice, oh. like a Cody Michael. Our podcast listeners are familiar <laughs> with that voice. <laughs> and so uh, they're, they are on the run. They don't necessarily explain like, hey, women in this world are captured and done this. They aren't done like handmaid's tale explains everything that are done to women. This doesn't do that. Basically you just assume that if you're a woman, you're taken from, you know, your family or whatever. And sometimes they're put in like camps or whatever. But, um, Casey Affleck who plays his character's name is just dad in this. They don't have a, a full hmm. name for him. Um, takes his daughter. They call her rag because of a certain, uh, basically the ra- uh, raggedy and, Ann and Andy dolls, those things. That's kind of the relation. They talk about it later, but they call her rag. They, they're on the run. And this, 
I talked to you a little bit uh, before we recorded about like kind of what this movie reminds me of. I mentioned Handmaid's Tale already. The father and the father and daughter aspect reminds me of Lead No Trace. And then um, what was the other movie I, I said? I forgot now. You did have another one. Uh, oh, video game. Sorry, it was a video game. So mm-hmm. the movie was Handmaid's uh, movie. TV show was Handmaid's Tale. Movie was Leave No Trace. And then the 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 uh, video game was Leave, The Last of Us because it had that same like father daughter vibe mm-hmm. and they would he would do anything to protect her type thing and and she's learning the whole time about like kind of because she's never she, women were gone you know so she's still learning she, she's learning different things about what women were and in, in, in certain aspects there's also too like because there's less people you know, half the people are gone like houses are abandoned and stuff so they come to a point where she finds a little girl's room and sees like all these little girls clothes and toys and all this stuff and wants to experience that and and he's like no you can't otherwise you're gone and so basically the the movie is that is them on the run and trying to still be together while she's you know figuring things out and now she's getting to an age where like he has to explain puberty to her he has to explain basically general women's things even though she's been played off as a boy all this time and so the movie revolves around that and their relationship and to go into any more detail would be too spoilery. But I thought all around the movie was super well done. This one I think would have benefited if I would have been able to see it at an indie theater because mm-hmm. I would. it's a two-hour movie. Um, it moves at a pretty slow pace. So if I felt like I, if I would have been more immersed in it, I would have absolutely loved this movie. I think being kind of in a spot where I wasn't quite as immersed, I noticed some more of the pacing issues. So it did have some pacing issues. Took a while to get through. Like the first scene of this movie is just them in a tent, like a shot down shot on them, and he's telling her a bedtime story. And it kind of it does have stuff to do with the movie, but it's like very long, like ten to twelve minutes of a bedtime story for an opening scene is hard to stay focused on. Well, yeah, the point of it is to put you to sleep, right? <laughs> and so that's tough. But once you get into that, I mean, you see a ton of nature. That's where like the leave no trace stuff is, and. Um, their relationship is amazing. You buy the actress name. I, I remember hearing an interview with Casey Affleck saying she was kind of an unknown person, but her name is Anna P- uh, Panowski. Panowski, I think. Um, she's great too. She's she's really good. Um, that that's really the main focus of it is just those two. And then Elizabeth Moss and her little parts is really good too. So really well directed, really well shot. I mean, the, some of the outdoor shots in this are amazing. Uh, the score is really well done. My issue is just some of the pacing. Like I definitely a solid half hour probably could have been cut of this in terms of just long dialogue that I didn't think made total sense. I could have even used more of the world explaining as opposed to some of like the bedtime stories. Like, cause this, the world that they're in is really interesting because people are just coming after them, you know? So it's good. I would recommend it. It's, it's definitely one that I would say like, don't rush and see it's not anywhere near my top five, but um, if you see, or even my top 10, but if you see it on Hulu, Netflix, whatever, I'm sure it'll be there. Amazon definitely worth a watch. There you go. The movie is Light of My Life, uh, written and directed by Casey Affleck. Uh, Check it out on VOD if you get a chance. And this one also reminds me, I I told you this before, um, of Children of Men, Mm -hmm. an Alfonso Cuaron movie that will find its way onto your list uh, before too long here, (laughs) because that movie's fucking epic. Um, That's it. Uh, Only one movie this week. Uh, We've been spoiling folks with several several reviews per week, but uh, (laughs) we did a, a long weekend, didn't get to the theater, and frankly, not really anything came out. So yeah, was no. there anything that you missed last week that you're going to try to get back to? No, all of it was just like some, there was some like, there's like a religious movie, a throwaway Liam Hemsworth movie. And, uh, I don't even remember what the other one was. Yeah. Just a bunch of crap. 
Yeah. August kind of limped home uh, Mm -hmm. as the Labor Day weekend kind of tends to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not much going on. But uh, this week, of course, we are going to see It uh, with me, Seth. At Jared Buckendall. And that guy, too. So uh, you can look (laughs) forward to a review of that one next week and uh, potentially some more stuff, too. We may get we may get to the art house Mm -hmm. over the weekend as well. So we'll we'll see what else we catch. uh, But come on back next week and hear some more reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, we edge ever closer to the end of episode 110. But before we go, we got to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing is made possible by the fact that we recorded this over two days. <laughs> um, because uh, today, today, today is the day that uh, my today. one more thing dropped. Today is the day today. Today we today the today. Um, my one more thing is the trailer for the new, uh, bad boys for life, Will Smith and, um, Martin Lawrence coming back to do their thing. Uh, it's going to come out January uh, something and the trailer (laughs) dropped. Did you get a chance to see this trailer? Parts of it. I didn't watch it though. It's dope, man. Yeah. It it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like what I was concerned about is like, oh, here come the old guys. Let's get the band back together. It seems like just a natural continuation of the story, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Okay. And I like those two guys. Will Smith is still a badass. And it seems like Martin Lawrence is like getting kind of close to wanting to hang it up. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in the movie, his character. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I thought you meant like, he looks like he's just about ready to go away and die. Oh no. He looks kind of fat, but other than that. I have heard that. Uh, it, it looks it looks pretty. It looks entertaining. I mean, it looks like Bad Boys Three. Yeah, is what it looks like, and I'm excited for it. I'm going to link to the trailer uh, in the description box under one more thing, so you can check that out if you haven't seen it. Uh, I after seeing more trailers, I've been more excited to see Gemini Man. I was not excited at first, but the latest trailer got me pretty excited. So Will Smith might be making a little bit of a, a resurgence. Could be a good Will Smith, dude. Yeah. You tell me. I don't care what the fuck. If you tell me there's two Will Smiths in the movie, I'm fucking going, dude. <laughs> Uh, my one more thing is, it's a I guess it's a pre, uh, pre-review for a TV corner of a show, but it doesn't quite end yet, and that's why I'm saying, if you have HBO or know someone with HBO, go check out The Righteous Gemstones. That show is hilarious. The cast continues to grow and get better, because they're adding in new characters and things like that. I uh, mentioned, I don't know if, if we mentioned earlier in the show, again, recorded over two days, uh, Skylar Gisondo. Yeah, yeah, we did mention him. Yeah, okay, so he's in it. He he makes an appearance and is a part of the cast a little bit later on. Um, uh, Walton Goggins came in for a hilarious role this week. It looks like he's going to continue on. Um, the cast in general is great. Uh, John Goodman is is the the head gemstone. Uh, Danny, not Danny, Danny McBride. Danny McBride, yes, Danny McBride. Uh, he's a create. He's the creator of the show along with David Gordon Green, who did the Halloween movie, the re- latest one. Um, and David Gordon Green has directed a bunch of episodes and has co-wrote them as well, I think. But um, Dan McBride is is the kind of the main character of the show. He's like the head brother, and then Adam Devine is like a, a dumber. He plays the Adam Devine character, but it's not. <laughs> it's not like it's actually not too far. Like it's not too out there. He plays his part well that he's supposed to play. But uh, if you have this, watch it now. It's it's the, there's three episodes that's posted. The first one's an hour, so it's only two hours. You really have to commit to it. Um, to get caught up, I think there's three left. So they changed. So it goes to a half an hour after the first episode. Yep. Oh, dope. I, yep. I watched most of the first episode. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna have to finish this. Yeah. Got some funny shit in it, man. Yeah. It, it it's way the first episode's good, and 
uh, you haven't even said like the, the the last twenty minutes of the first episode is like what the fuck, <laughs> and it just keeps getting better. It's almost like a mystery in parts of it, and the 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 people they get to play these characters commit so hard, and it's so good. It's so good. I was every time we see John Goodman on screen now, I'm just fucking yeah. happy that he yep. fucking rocks. Yep. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> All right, well, uh, check out The Righteous Gemstones and the upcoming Bad Boys for Life uh, this week from One More Thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. We got one more, one more thing. Uh, this is a big uh, show announcement that we're excited to share <laughs> with everybody. Um, we're going to have a new show. And I know we said we were going to have new shows. <laughs> <laughs> I know we haven't put out the sketch show or the horror movies. Uh, I've been pretty stacked up. But uh, as we move into fall, uh, we've been able to work into our schedule some time to record a second podcast. And this is going to be the SoCo Sports Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, this isn't going to be an all-the-time thing, but specifically during the football season, what we decided was that we wanted to reserve the SoCo Show for you know, uh, movies and TV and the like. So what we are doing is breaking off sports into a separate show. And we're going to be uh, sort of reviewing the week in the NFL and previewing the games. Um, and we're, we're hoping to put these out on Fridays. So the week one uh, episode you can expect to see next Friday, uh, the 13th. Uh, Friday the 13th. Ah! Ooh. <laughs> so uh, if you want to check that out, keep an eye out next week for week one of the SoCo Sports Show. Uh, this is just going to be football talk, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. So don't go if you don't want to hear football talk. And if you do, then do. Um, we're we're going to shoot for having this under 60 minutes. So it'll be a little mm-hmm. bit tighter than the typical podcast. Um, but uh, the SoCo Show will continue as usual. And the SoCo Sports Show will be sort of an add-on. So uh, you can look forward to that in your, your feed next week. I think we're going to be making some um, making some picks Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe making some bets on those picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of fantasy football. Uh, Seth is in Iowa where um, daily fantasy and betting on daily fantasy are now legal. So he's mm-hmm. going to be giving his weekly picks for uh, daily fantasy DraftKings type leagues. And, uh, of course, we'll be um, taking questions in all the same places uh, and topics if you want to share anything with us. Uh, at Soko Show Pod on either Facebook or Twitter, you can have him put on the sports show as well. So uh, keep an ear out for the Soko Sports Show coming up uh, very, very soon. You. Yeah. Until then, though, uh, this has been episode 110 of the Soko Show. Don't forget to come on back next week. We're going to have our good buddy at Jared Buckendall right here in studio to review it and talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm really excited to catch up with that cat. He's at a favorite big sandwiches. We might talk about our favorite sandwiches. Yeah. And I know what one thing we're going to talk about is whether or not the Bend, Oregon Regal Theater's cheeseburger stacks up <laughs> against the Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, Marcus Warenberg cheeseburger. Nothing uh, will. I think we got some surprises in store. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, hamburgers, it, and more next week on 111. Thank you very much for listening to 110. I have been the co-host Cody Michael, and for the so host, Seth Hot, we will see you next week. Bye. Whoop, whoop.